I'm Brandon Isle. I'm with BYU-Idaho Radio, and joining me in the studio is Brady Smith. He's an artist, and he is the one who's showing an exhibit in the Spory Art Gallery starting this month. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Now, this exhibit is called To Fold and Repeat, and this is a lot of drawings of folding chairs. Is that right? That's right. The whole show is all drawings of folding chairs and prints of folding chairs and a video of me setting up folding chairs. Okay, so, so you just, actually interact with real folding chairs. Yeah, yeah. I um, Growing up in, in the church, I uh, spent a lot of mornings setting up folding chairs and folding up folding chairs and engaging with folding chairs. Um, and we also, you always use folding chairs with, at family um, gatherings. So there's a, there's a really nice religious tie for me as well as a nice uh, familial tie to folding chairs. Yeah. What what made you think about chairs specifically when you decided to start drawing these? Um, I'm I've been using folding chairs for a while and hadn't realized it. But when I think back over the last ten years or so, I've I've once a year or so I'll, I'll make something with a folding chair in it. Um, and so I've thought a lot about well, why do I want to do stuff with folding chairs? Um, I'm really excited by kind of the versatility of a folding chair. Um, I like that you can set them up along a wall for a waiting room. You can set them up in aisles and rows for an audience. You can put a, an aisle down the middle and it becomes for a wedding or, or ceremony. Um, but then you also fold them up and completely hide them away and shield them from from view. Um, I just really like all the different concepts that you can go with with a folding chair. Yeah. I mean, they really do tell a story about a space specifically. I mean, uh, you mentioned setting them up before church. I take my son, you know, eight thirty yeah. <laughs> before church. That's that's what he's got to be doing, and you're setting up for specific things, whether it's a classroom or or whatnot. But yeah, it really tells a story in just the way it's set up. Yeah. So I, I specifically there's there's three kind of main series in the show, um, and one of those series I took all the photo reference um, as well as a video performance that's in the show at my childhood. Um, home building where my parents still go. I go to a, a, a different ward now, but I specifically went back to that gym where I set up thousands of folding chairs over my childhood because it just felt nice nice to return to that space. Yeah. Yeah. Now, talk a little bit about the process. Do, for every picture that you draw or print, are you actually putting those real-life chairs together in that way and then drawing them? or um, They're all done from photo reference. Um so there's one series in the show called Structures for Coping, um, and those are the same four folding chairs. I um, kind of went about seeing how many different ways I could set up the chairs, um, how many different formations I could create with them. So I really view them as those are sculptures first that I then photographed and turned into photography that I then made drawings from. Um, and then the others were set up took a photo, moved them all around, took a photo for some of these more formal arrangements. Yeah. Yeah. So you you do all this, and what is it? Because a lot of them that you're doing, um, this isn't a typical setup for a chair. Like, it's it's not in a circle. It's it's kind of stacked in different ways. Yeah. How do you get the ideas of how to stack them? Um, for that series where they're, where they're kind of stacked, and um, it was really working with the chairs and material, um, playing around with balance and thinking um, about balance in them and about 
holding themselves up. Um, the show has a lot of ties to, to mental health work. Um, and so I was thinking about kind of the act of coping and, and what it takes to cope and some of the balancing acts that you have to do for that. So it was really engaging with the chair, seeing just how far I could push just long enough to stand back and get a photo before it toppled down. And there were times when they toppled and I'd get a, a kick on, on the floor from from my neighbor below from the loud crash. <laughs> what are but, you doing? Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's all right. Yeah. And then this, yeah, it's art. Get over it. Um, and then this other series where they are more in these formal um, set up in a circle, um, set up in rows. Those those were set up in that same gymnasium, stood back, took a photo, made sure it was all just right because I would be working from from those for the drawings. Yeah. You mentioned mental health, and I know a lot of your art deals with mental health mm-hmm. in, in some way. Why is that so important for you to focus on mental health in your art? Yeah. Um, that actually – that journey started for me here at BYU-Idaho when I was a student. Um, I came home from my mission early from mental health struggles. Um, I struggled a lot on my mission with suicidal ideation, um, with depression. And um, when I first got out, I thought, oh, this is just homesick. And then it, rather than getting better over time, it got worse. So I came home and quickly came back up to school um, to keep myself busy while I went through a lot of therapy and counseling, dealing with that trauma. Um, and it was through art classes here that I learned to first start talking about uh, my mental health experience in art. Um, and so since my, my BFA here in 2011, I've just have always continued to come back to that as a theme. And now that's just where my full art practice lies. Yeah. For you, do you feel as you create art that that does help your mental health? No. And I wish the answer was different. Oh, okay. Well, that's I, yeah, fine. yeah that's... I get asked that a lot. It's not a form of therapy for me, but I hope that it can be a form of therapy for others. Um, I like to use it as a tool to kind of communicate and educate about um, about whatever mental health topic a work might be about. Um, And sometimes that is um, just showing what my experience is with that. Other times I've made pieces that directly relate to data or research um, statistics about mental health. Um, And then other times it's just kind of more vague in, in that message. But um, my hope is always that someone who's looking at the work walks away with a better understanding of of mental health in, in some regard. Yeah. Have you had that opportunity to talk to people who have seen your art and they, they do recognize that layer of what they're seeing? Yeah. Um, I had a, a, a large show in Denver um, in 2021 that was um, all about suicide and suicidal ideation. And in that show, I um, I got to walk about three or four hundred people through it throughout the span of the show. Anyone that was in town, I would oh, let's go see the art. Um, but as I did that and was able to have conversations with people in front of that work, um, I had a lot of conversations with those who who have never really addressed any mental health concerns in their life or haven't ever really engaged with those topics. To others who came up and said oh, I struggle with suicidal ideation um, and I relate so much to this piece for this reason or mm. someone might relate to another piece. So it really spanned a whole spectrum of kind of understanding, um, which was great as an artist to to see and experience that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I will pause just for a second just to mention that uh, if anyone does have thoughts of suicide, there is help available. Yes. Um, the Lifeline, it's easy now. It's 988, and you can dial that and get yeah. help right away. It's great to, to simplify that number. 
And you have a mental health center here on campus that is such a great resource for students. Um, It's uh, it's amazing to have have access to that kind of um, resource and someone to talk to and and really work through what is going on in the mind when um, with any with any mental health struggle, be depression or anxiety, um, dealing with trauma, OCD, just there. Everyone has mental health. We talk about mental health as though it's this singular thing that is placed mm-hmm. on some, but some people's mental health is all positive and good. They still have mental health. They just have good mental health. Everyone's dealing with mental health. Yeah. Yeah. And it changes from day to day. Yeah, usually. exactly. Um, another aspect of your art is this idea of repetition. Yeah. Uh, can you talk to me about what that means to you, just these repeating patterns? Yeah. I'm really interested in kind of the labor of repetition. Um, what happens as an artist when I make something a second time or a third time or a fourth time or just repeat and repeat and repeat? Um, what happens to that idea or what happens to that piece? Um, if it's a drawing that I've made multiple times, each time turns into practice. So each new drawing, it gets a little slicker, a little easier. Um, do I lose interesting things by doing that? Or does it get better by doing it over and over and over? Um, I also, in my own life, I, I struggle with OCD. And so repetition is um, on my brain a lot. And I do things in in repetitive uh, manners. Um, I also am very interested in repetition in the gospel. Um, I think a lot of times we we hear about vain repetition in our prayers and avoiding vain repetition, but then there are other aspects in the gospel where repetition is is really important. Um, saying the sacrament prayer verbatim um, and and repeatedly re- uh, renewing our baptismal covenants Sunday after Sunday is is a great form of repetition, and it. It allows us to sit in that space and think about those things every time we repeat. Yeah. Do, do you feel that sometimes it brings comfort that you know this thing is going to be this way? Yes. Yeah. For um, for OCD, that is uh, kind of at the heart of the repetition in OCD. Um, and not that repetition is only part of that, but that's really in the brain what is happening. It is, it is an intrusive thought that you are repeating an action for to try to gain some control over over that thing. Um, and again, I think there are daily things. Habits are a form of repetition and habits are great if they're positive habits. Um, and there are a lot of bad habits that take on that, that negative form of repetition. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, uh, I, I haven't seen all your pieces, but do you play with the idea of how to break repetition? Yeah. So there's, um, another series in the show that we haven't gone to talk about here. Um, that is, it's all, uh, litho lithography, stone litho, um, and screen prints that are made from the same stone. So in stone lithography, you draw on limestone, and then you're able to print multiples of that. So I was playing with that and, and printing with different pressures so it would show up differently on each print. And then I would layer screen prints on top of that, and the screen prints are broken up, and then went on top of all of those with hand embellishments to push back some of those repeating elements and bring some of them forward. So there were there was a whole other part of the show for me that was intentionally breaking repetition and um, and kind of playing around with that as a concept. Yeah. What does that concept mean to you as you think about it? Um, it there are the formal art side elements of it that were um, putting me in a position where I had to um, 
fix a composition. Through that repetition, the piece kind of fell apart and it no longer looked good. So I I put myself in a position where I had to learn to fix the things that fell apart through rep- that repetition. Um, where others, that repetition went really well, but because of other rules that I had set on the series, I still had to abide by those rules. And so I was having to work within repetition that worked out and and still kind of force these other elements to to continue in the structure that I had, I had built for the piece. Yeah, that, that'll be fun to see those differences. Yeah. Uh, as people go in and, and see this art, what do you hope they feel or take away from from what you've done? Um, I hope that it's a meditative experience. Um, because there is just a singular subject, the folding chair, in all of the work, um, I hope that it offers an opportunity for the viewer to think about each piece very separate. Um, there aren't there aren't the big changes of, well, this painting's all blue and this painting's all red, and do I like blue or red different? It is, why do I like this setup of folding chairs better than this setup of folding chairs? Um, and so I hope that it, it creates a more quiet, meditative opportunity for viewers to um, pay attention not only to the art, but pay attention to repetition in their own life, um, be that through a, a, a gospel-oriented lens or a mental health lens, or if there's an entirely different type of repetition that um, someone experiences, that, that that comes to mind as they're looking at the work. Yeah. How does it feel being an alumni of BYU-Idaho, coming back and being able to have a show here in this Boy Art Gallery? It has been wild. <laughs> it has been absolutely wild. I When I was a student here, um, I kind of made it a goal to one day come back. And while I've been away for 12 years, and that feels like a long time, coming back into Rexburg, pulling back into Rexburg after over a decade away, it feels like I was just here. And I, and I feel there's nothing more out of touch than saying, oh, I remember when I was a student. <laughs> but it, I not needing directions around this town that I've not lived in for 12 years feels so familiar. So I thought it was going to feel very different than it has been. And it's been wonderful. I'm so thankful to get to show at the gallery and to show the students um, a, a different a different way of exhibiting the work. Yeah. One last question I have to ask about is a contest that you're holding yes. as part of this exhibit. Can you tell yeah, me about that? Thank you. Yeah. So um, very much like, like guessing jelly beans in a jar, um, uh, one of the prints that is hanging up in the mezzanine um, will be given to whoever can guess how many chairs are in the show, uh, most accurately guess. So um, it's going to take a lot of counting. Counting is uh, a big part of OCD, constantly counting steps and counting mouth movements and counting, just counting. Um, and so uh, as a way to to engage viewers in a different way, um, if you can guess how many chairs are in the show, um, I'll, I'm going to give one of the, one of the screen prints um, whoever guesses the closest. And there is a QR code with a link to a form to send me your name, your email, and your guess. Excellent. Um, I understand there are 39 pieces. Yes. So there, yeah. there's a start. Yeah, there's, there's more than 39. <laughs> At least every... 39 chairs. Yeah. So. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Brady Smith, the, the exhibit is starting with um, an open house on, let's see, tomorrow. Yeah, right? tomorrow. So, Thursday from 6 to 9, Thursday night, and then the show goes through April 5th at the Sporia Art Gallery at BYU-Idaho. Wonderful. Thanks for coming in here and, and spending some time with me. Thank you. This was great. I loved it.